together for Left Gallery! Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Power, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, the lovely, lovely Katie Love. Thank you for having us. Back in your naked, steaming ears. What is happening to him? I think he wants a porn podcast. I really do. Which we could porn make happen. Podcast. I mean, I've seen a few porn episodes podcast. of something somewhere. So a friend of mine is an Oh, artist. here we go. He's a friend who's an yeah. artist. Got called by a production company. To come and air quotes do, production company, yeah, do production company to, to to create art on this production set for a scene, and of course he shows up, and it turns out it's a porn production. Of course, and was it in Northridge? No, it was actually on what road it was is that? right here That's in the on studio. We're working on, do you know at where, today. Do you know where Fairfax meets Hollywood? I do. Right there, it's basically. Right. right That's there. a CVS, but okay. Hold on. Isn't that No, CBS? because because Hollywood, <laughs> so if you come down Laurel Canyon. And if it really hurts, there's prescription drugs afterward if you're <laughs> right, in pain. Right. And lube or if lube. you need it ahead of time, if you yeah. thought ahead. So if you bring Laurel Canyon down, it hits Hollywood. You take Hollywood across. I feel like we're on the Californians right now. And oh, is that? What are you doing here? And we also have wine. No way. No, that's Hollywood. Okay. Hollywood Boulevard. And it intersects Fairfax. Anyway, it was over there in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. He shows up. He doesn't know it's porn, but he shows up and the naked people running around, whatever. So the director is like, okay, I need you to like just do a bunch of graffiti like here and there, whatever. Now, if you know that area, you know, the houses are like very close together. The only thing that divides them is just like these big, tall trees, you know, so you can't see the other house, but you can certainly hear what's happening on the thing. And he said, you know, he's like doing his art and he gets done or whatever. But then they start this production while he's there. And he he said that it was just so loud that he, he was like, what are the neighbors think? You know, like, how is this possible in this very calm quiet neighborhood but hey it's la and that's your punchline you know what it's la is the punchline that's all you really need you could do a whole thing i mean on another show i'll talk about how i accidentally did comedy at a swing show and when i say swing i don't mean big band so that's a whole other episode that we'll talk about another time called the surprise gig. You know. <laughs> the surprise yeah. gig. Surprise gig. By the way, do you think Sean Grant would would appreciate this intro? Because we're about to in- introduce him. I mean, he's one of the <laughs> he's the comic that I envy. His timing is impeccable. His and his energy just, is impeccable. He is so smooth, but he's so great with the audience. Yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. right there yeah. with every beat. And I'm jealous. He makes it I look lo- easy. He That's makes how you it know look he's great. So yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the he also performed a video in the video portion of Laugh Gallery before we were doing stand up during the pandemic, and he had some great stuff where he went around talking about the artists and some of the installations that were around Los Angeles. He did like a 10 minute video, I yeah, think. Yeah. He, and I just posted the hell out of that. Talk about exploiting him. I loved. His stuff, and I love his comedy. We did not exploit him; we paid him. I know we Let's paid him, but no, we. But the to the level of that, I was. We would exploit him. I would exploit him, and I he's still will. Very good. But like, I, if I was going to exploit anybody, I would want to exploit him. I because first he's met excellent. him when I did a talk show like ten years ago, 
a little exploit excellence. This is the yeah, that's tagline. good. I don't know. Is that the first time you've said that, or because he did this big sweeping motion with his like <laughs> he followed his own hand like he was inspired by himself. I don't even need to be here really, but I met Sean Grant when I did the Katie Love Show, which was a little live talk show that I ran out at Flappers for a year in their YooHoo room. And he was recommended to me by the booker at the time. And I didn't know who Sean Grant was, but I had questions prepared for any comic that was on the show. And I had a slot open, so I was I was ready. I just asked him random questions and I was so struck by his timing, but his big heart just like, what'd you think I was gonna say? Heart. His big heart just shone through the whole show. He was great on an interview. I'd never met the guy, and I was just gobsmacked the first time I saw his set. And I've been following and stalking him ever since, and I try to have him on every show that I do. So when we went to book Laugh Gallery, I wanted him on the first show, and he couldn't because he was on tour. He's fancy like that. So I couldn't book him, but he was able to do our show the Laugh Gallery's Comedy 420, again, four comics doing 20 minutes. To see this guy do 20 minutes, what a treat. And you won't see it a lot in Los Angeles. You only see it here at the Laugh Gallery. Scott, your take on Sean Grant. Badass. Yeah. He's a badass. He really is. He's just sort of, and that's what I love about him. He makes it look so easy. He does. He just does. He has this his whole demeanor, his whole vibe, his whole... Style is just very easy, it's right. very effortless, right? And but it's fucking funny. He's so funny, right. he's so because he's so smart, and his perspective is just obviously really novel and fresh. And I mean, what he's doing with us, we're lucky. We're fucking lucky. We're yeah, lucky like Sean that he puts up with us. You know, and by the way, he's prolific on social. He's always doing stuff on social. I know he does these videos that are so great. I can't remember what his scene partner, what her name is, but she's great too. He plays a lot with religious uh, tyranny, I think. I think he has an interesting perspective about it. Does he want to give God a facial? I don't know about that, but he does some funny stuff. Some of his videos are very funny. Sean, I want to give God a facial. You 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 guys are going to have to work that out on your own. Uh, Hashtag cancel. (laughs) Hashtag might might delete. But no, I'm just, I'm so pleased to introduce you guys to Sean Grant and his amazing body of work in the 20 minutes that, well, we paid for it. We did pay for he it. He didn't give it to us. I mean, he brought it. I mean, he brought it. But we paid him to bring But we it. did pay it. And yeah, you yeah. wrote it and you did your fancy envelope with his name on it. I tried, yeah. And we an also had the stuff. Yeah. We had the gift certificate to our sponsor. Sugarpressart. Sugarpressart. Affordable art for comics. Sugarpressart. Well, <laughs> for affordable anyone. art for everyone. Especially and if comics. You guys are into visual art and want to put something really inspiring, interesting and beautiful and or provocative on your wall, which is like walls do talk people and your walls are saying, fucking buy me some art and hang some art on me. Mm-hmm. Fucking savage. <laughs> anyway, Sean Grant, people. God love him. Sean Grant. Thank you so much. We love you, man. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for our good friend and Laugh Gallery alumni, Sean Grant, everybody. <laughs> Darling. Thank you, Katie. Yeah, you good? Yeah. Oh, all right. What's up, y'all? You guys good? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Before I get started, man, yeah, so like the pandemic fucked a lot of people up. 
I don't know if you guys know this, like I did one of the Laugh Gallery shows during, Katie was the only person, well, Katie and Scott paying motherfuckers to do comedy during the pandemic. Please, one more time for Katie Love. That's a big deal. That's a big deal, man. That's really cool. And she was like, hey, do you know anything about art? I was like, oh man, no, you know, I was like. And then she was like, well, I'm paying. I said, I say, man, no, I said, Van Gogh, give me some. <laughs> Call me an artist. Comedy, she called comedians artists. I don't know, man. I talk about my dick a lot, but I don't know what you guys. Any artists in here? You guys look like a real artist, man, but you look expressive. I don't know. This is cool, man. I like your shirt. Your wife dress you or you, is you? Oh, you got style, man. That's cool, man. Hell yeah. This is good, man. I like y'all. Real quick, who are you guys? You guys are artists? No, you just support. All right, good. I like to know who the fuck I'm talking to. I don't know. If you guys get real quiet. You guys like. You get weird shit. <laughs> like judgy. Alright, fuck it. No, I'm not I'm just trying to make sure I'm used to classy people. You seem classy. So I'm trying to make sure I temper myself. Because you know? I didn't start doing comedy in classy places. I've been doing comedy for 18 years. I started in strip clubs. You understand? How Katie brought me to the stage, that's a professional introduction. That's how you're supposed to bring a comedian to the stage. My first introduction was terrible. The dude was like, Y'all ready to see some titties? <laughs> he was like, yeah. He was like, y'all ready for some booty shaking? And just stick your leg. They say, yeah. He said, all right, but first. <laughs> His brother say he a comedian or some shit. <laughs> but I'm trying to do better, man. I'm trying to better myself. I'm trying to be more cultured. You know what I want to do? I've been trying to learn Spanish. Yeah, I got to learn Spanish because my face is confusing, man. Yeah, people come up to me speaking Spanish, Scott, and get mad when I don't speak this shit, man. Especially Dominican brothers, because they think that I'm also a Dominican brother. They get mad. They be like, what happened? <laughs> Papa, what happened to you, Papa? <laughs> Why you don't speak it, Papa? What happened? I'm like, I'm stupid, man. I can't remember. All these words. I tried to download the number one language book on Audible. It's called Learn Spanish with Paul Noble, right? Now, I was being racist. I thought that the man's name was Noble, right? That's right, because if I'm going to learn Spanish, I expect it to be from a Latino brother. The dude is British, man. He's English as hell. He stole my damn money. As soon as I turned it on, I said, he got my dumb ass. As soon as, as, soon as I turned it on, he was like, hello. Or, or should I say, hola? <laughs> I'm Paul Noble, and I'm going to teach you Spanish. I'm like, bitch, you speak extra English. What the hell? You sound like Harry Potter spells in here, man. I love it, man. Any Latino people here? Latino? A little bit, yeah, all right here, all right, yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. And I love, look, man, I'm not big, I love my black people, the white people too, you guys all right? But let me tell you something, don't nobody party like Mexican people, man. I don't know if it's any, if it, I because it's specific, but look, man, I live in Inglewood, my neighbor's Mr. Guerrero, I know what I'm talking about, okay? <laughs> Mexican people party, it don't matter what's going on, okay? It could be Jamaican Independence Day, Mexican people, they got the, my neighbor got the bounce house outside. One time he started a party, it was dusk. That's when Mr. Guerrero started the party. I said, Mr. Guerrero, what the hell is you starting this party for right at dusk? He said, it's Ramadan, fool. I said, oh, shit. So you want some chicharron? Like, you're not supposed to eat pork on Ramadan, man. Talking about chicharron. <laughs> oh, man. 
man. But it's good, man. Comedy is good when you get to do it for happy people. You guys are nice people, man. You came to laugh. That's good, man. It feels good to do comedy in those situations. You understand? Because not everybody comes to comedy shows like in a good mood. Some people come expecting a lot of comedy. Some people come messed up, depressed, got a demon on them. Look, man, comedy can't help everybody. You might have to go to church, see a rabbi, get some Prozac, you know? Let me tell you something. Will Smith did not invent slapping the shit out of comedians. You understand? I've been doing this a long time. My first year in comedy, I saw with my own two eyes a comedian get knocked the hell out on stage doing some damn jokes. That's why I'm sorry about what I said about the shirt. I was nervous. But look... <laughs> But no, man, no, because people, people get mad. So it was my first year in comedy. We was doing an urban show, right? Urban is black. We're doing an urban show. Now, back in the mid-2000s, a lot of black comedians used to wear championship belts. That would mean you were the funniest comedian on the show, right? Like, you know, Doodle Brown would do this. And the headliner this night, his name was Dr. Stupidness. He would come out with a championship belt. His wife was like his ring card girl. It was a big deal. Now, I'm a new comedian. I don't know how to handle a heckler. All I know is how to do my jokes and get the hell off stage, right? So I get on stage, it was a brother up front, and I'm not talking to you, I'm just gonna use you as a point of reference, okay? He was a thug, he was drunk, all right? The man sitting right up front heckling, I didn't know what to do, I just talked over him like I didn't hear him, right? Dr. Stupidness gets on stage, he looks where he got a championship belt, looks right at the dude, and I'm not talking to you, this is what he said to him, okay? He goes, hey, pussy boy. <laughs> It's a very aggressive way to start your damn comedy show, man. Hey, pussy boy, I ain't one of these bitch-ass niggas. He was talking about me and the other comedians. I ain't one of these bitch-ass niggas you been fucking with all night, dog. When I get on stage, you gonna shut the fuck up? That dude said, yeah. You ever seen somebody get undrunk? <laughs> a mint, like the liquor got scared and ran out the man's body. He jumps on stage from a seated position. I, and he starts walking around Dr. Stupidness, like a shark, right? Not Dr. Stupidness, want to tighten up. He was like, security. <laughs> security. Security was not trying to help him, man. On the third circle, the dude cocked back, bow. Not Dr. Stupidness, the fuck out. Now, had there had been a mainstream show, mainstream was white. Had there had been a mainstream show, it would have got awkward in there, right? But black people, we don't do awkward, you understand? We don't let that shit cook. As soon as it got knocked out, an old black lady stood up in the back. She said, oh, Lord. The champ done lost the belt. We had to end the damn show. <laughs> but no, nah, man, that's all it takes is... People with a good attitude, man. I'm, I'm pretty aggressive on stage, man, so forgive me. I'm, I'm just having fun with you. It's love, you understand? That's how I learned how to tell jokes, with mama jokes, right? That was my first ever joke. I'd never heard a joke before. I was seven years old. My cousin came home, taught me a very basic mama joke. He was 10. He came in the house. He was like, hey, Sean, your mama's so fat, her blood types bacon. That's pretty good. For a 10-year-old, that's not a bad joke. I was seven. I didn't understand jokes yet. I thought the jokes was just hurtful information. <laughs> that's what it sounded like to me. So he said that. I was like, oh yeah? Well, your daddy's on crack, which is true. But <laughs> my Uncle CJ's on crack and that's his daddy. Now, <laughs> the thing about children who falls on crack, that's not funny to them. You understand? He got very mad. He was like, hey dog, you better pipe down. And I said, you should tell your daddy that. That was quick. That was my... <laughs> Fuck him, man. He talking about my mama. 
And I love my mama, man. Let me tell you something. I'm glad you got a beautiful wife and it's great. But let me tell you something, man. If your mama's still around, put your mama first. Your mama comes first because your mama's the reason that y'all got these fire women. You understand? Because your mama is the first person to give you confidence. I know what I'm talking about because I got messed up teeth. My teeth crooked, right? But your mama don't fix whatever's wrong with you. She just make you feel better about that shit, man. I came home crying. I said, Mom, the kids tease me at school every time I smile. She said, let me tell you something, baby. People who smile, who have nice teeth, make people happy. But people who smile, who have crooked teeth, give people hope. I said, oh shit. I'm out here giving motherfuckers hope. I didn't know that, man. I went to school and they, they smiling like a mother. And this boy seen me say, hey, man, your teeth fucked up, dog. I said, shut up, boy. I give you hope. He's like, yeah, I hope you shut your fucking mouth. That's right. I love my mama, man. She calls me and my wife every week, man, to see if we fucking, man. Yeah, yeah, because she wants to be a young grandma. She's about, she's like 55. She wants to be a grandma before she turns 60. Like, she's rushing us, you know? She thinks something's wrong with me. Because I'm in my 30s, I've never had a pregnancy scare, nothing like that. Like, never, nothing. She thinks I'm sterile. She's like, oh, Lord, I shouldn't have gave him all that microwave food. I knew something was wrong. It's, it's not that, okay? It's because I'm, I'm the pull-out king, man. I'm, I'm good. You got to see my technique, dog. I bow with my shit, Scott. I go all the way. I go through somebody's wall backwards like the Kool-Aid man. I don't even go all the way into a parking space in case I got to back out quick, man. I don't, I don't go all the way into nothing. I love my wife. You guys are married? I'm assuming. Uh, how long? How long? 38 years. 30. God. What? Today? Oh, happy anniversary. Oh, shit. Happy anniversary, man. And still, look at this. Got his armor right. That's beautiful, man. Still taking out. What's the secret, man? Is it, what, do you, what would you say it is to stay in together for 38 years, man? You said, shut the fuck up. I don't, don't say nothing. That's what it is. <laughs> Keep your damn mouth closed. All right? Nobody asked me a question for 38 years, motherfucker. That's, how, that's beautiful. I mean, I mean, put you on the spot, man. That's, what, that's how you do it. Stay quiet. That's smart, man. You're a smart dude, man. I talk too damn much. That's my problem. I'm only a year and a half in. I can't shut up. But you know what? I realized, too, man, me and my wife, we got married and we stopped doing stuff. You know how they dating? Like, this is how you still need to date your wife, man. Even though it's 38 years, like, I stopped going out with her. I was just doing shows. I, I figured out we have to find something that we had in common, right? So I started talking because it was just literally, we were just watching TV in different rooms. It was horrible, right? Arguing. So I said, let's find something in common, right, that we like. Come to find out my wife used to play basketball in high school, right? She's real good. Now, so I was like, you know, we should play some basketball. Now, I'm playing with her, okay? And she's, she's a better basketball player than me, but I'm a better athlete than her. I'm not talking about women, okay? I'm talking about her ass. I'm bigger and stronger than fucking her, right? So I'm giving her a good game. It's 10 to 10. We're going to 11. Now, here's the thing. I had her at the top of the key. Game point. Going to 11. I hit her with a jab step. Boom, like this, right? Like I fake this way. Her body, her entire knee, knee buckled, her entire body weight falls on her ankle, right? And she's on the ground, you understand? Now, no man wants to see his wife in pain or a fear. She doesn't want to see, he wants to see fear. Cause, and my wife is both because she's, she's afraid. She doesn't know how bad this injury is, man. It could be shattered. She doesn't know what's going on. But here's what you got to understand, Laugh Gallery. The play is still alive. <laughs> 
game point. So I rose up on that motherfucker, shot that bitch. But that's not the worst part. The worst part is I missed. I had to jump over her dumbass. Got to put back, boom, game point, called the ambulance. It was just a rolled ankle. Don't worry about it. But her pride was fucked up. I mean, I'm sorry. Love my wife, man. Good woman. Did you decide to finally, or did she pressure you? It's 38 years. She ain't going nowhere. Tell the truth, motherfucker. Did she? She pressured you? Oh shit! Look at you, man. You get boy, you get some pussy tonight, man. You just don't say nothing else. This is good. No other comedians fuck with him, man. Cause please, he's doing. He did a good job on this one. My wife. I'm not gonna lie. She pressured me. I had no intention to get married, man. Cause I saw some horrible marriages when I was a kid. I was like, that's stupid. I'm not doing that. But seven years, right? We were together. I had no idea planning to get married. She came home with a speech. She had a whole speech ready, right? She was like, Sean, I've been with you, huh? I was with you when your grandmama died, huh? And I stayed with you through those hard times. I was with you when your car got repossessed, huh? I, I, I was with you when you got evicted from your apartment. I've been with you. And I thought about it. I said, damn, baby, you right. She was right. I said, baby, you are right. I said, bitch, you bad luck. Get the fuck. She killed my grandmama, man. I can't stay with this. Stay with this woman, man. She... I'm just playing. I love her, man. I love her to death. Black woman, too strong. Beautiful black woman, man. Look, I, I would recommend it. If you're going to get married, marry your black woman, goddammit. Yeah. I'm just, I've never dated a white woman. That's not fair that I say that. I've never, I've, be honest, I've never dated a white woman. It's not because I'm prejudiced. Don't put that shit on me. I'm not prejudiced. I've, just, I've never seen the office, so I don't know what the fuck we were talking about. You know what I mean? I have no small talk. Seen every episode of Martin, though. No, <laughs> but no, I love my wife. I, look, I, here's the thing, man. If you're going to marry you a black woman, this is what I'm trying to say. If you're going to marry you a black woman, though, here's, you got to love her because it's, it's hard to kill her. It's damn near impossible. You know what I mean? Like, black women are like cats. You know what I mean? Like, you know how no matter how long you know a cat, the cat don't fully trust you. You know, that's how black women, like, it, it, cat, you cat looking at, what the fuck you putting in this milk, motherfucker? Cat don't never fully trust you, right? That's like my wife, man, my wife. I'ma prove my point, okay? This is how hard it is. You guys watch, there's a show on TV called Forensic Files. It's my favorite show, right? I've seen every episode eight times, right? Not this new shit I'm talking about with the old narrator, Peter Thomas, he was a bad motherfucker. So I've seen every episode, there's two black women on there. Let me prove my, how, how hard it is to kill a black woman. First one, it was a suicide, right? Oh, here's what happened. She was dating this white guy. White guy got sick of her. I ain't gonna lie, she was kind of trifling, stole some of his money, some shit like that. He got sick of her. He said, I'm sick of that, Tanisha. Boom, shoots in the head. He tries to make it look like a suicide. He plants the gun by her body, does all this shit, calls the police, right? Here's the first clue that broke the case wide open. Detective, white dude walks in, looks at the body, says, suicide? Hmm? Mm-mm. Black women don't do that. Did y'all know that? Less than 1% of all suicides. Black women gotta deal with racism and misogyny and still be like, I'm gonna try again tomorrow, motherfucker. They don't give up. So if you don't try to kill one, don't make it look like suicide because nobody believed the shit. Another, yeah, it's true. Another one, right? It was a, it was a black dude, he was, he black and the wife was black. He trying to kill his wife. So he bought some arsenic, right? Bought a big ass bag of arsenic. You know, brother bought some arsenic. He's like, I'm gonna use this shit. So he was pouring it in her coffee, right? But she wouldn't drink the fucking coffee. No, she was like, when you start waking, making coffee, motherfucker? So she wouldn't drink it. So he got sick of it. He wasn't, he lost his patience. This is what he did. He broke into her office on the weekend. He took her work badge, he badged into her office, and he poured the arsenic 
in the water cooler. He was, this, yeah, he was like, fuck it, I'll kill everybody in this damn office just to kill my wife. That's how sick of his wife he was, right? Poured it in the, now anybody who knows anything about arsenic, you can't pour too much at one time. It gets bitter and the, the person can taste it immediately, right? So he was impatient, he poured the shit in there. Monday morning comes, thank God. First drink, white lady, it's the first drink of water. Now I'm not happy, don't, don't look at me like that. I'm not happy that a white woman died. No, 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 that's terrible. I'm not happy that anybody died. I'm just happy it was a white woman because she died a hero, okay? The white lady gets the first drink of water, she goes, blah! Don't drink the water! And she died. <laughs> Thank God that wasn't somebody black, man. You know somebody black? Oh shit, taste this. We'd have made everybody. That shit fucked up. We don't black people don't drink bad shit by themselves. You understand? We, we'd have killed everybody in that damn office. This is fucked up. This is fucked up. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, man. Love a wife, man. You gotta, you gotta date her. You gotta compliment her too. You compliment your wife. He came out every night, man. It don't matter if it's 38 years. I let my lady know she looked good. You know why? Women need that validation, man. Women, cause women hate on each other. They not like us. You know what I mean? Like I tell you, I was talking about your shirt, but you look good, man. Okay, you, you look, look like you did your push-ups today, man. You know what I mean? Look like you did my push-ups, cause I couldn't even do all my push-ups, cause you did them, man. You look good, man. You look good. Give me one back, motherfucker. What's wrong with you? you... I'll just say, oh, thank you, man. No, men do that. Women don't do that. Women hate on each other, man. It's true. Women, y'all judge each other and shit. It's terrible. I was at the club the other day, man, and these two skinny women, they was in there hating on all the beautiful women that walked in the club. You understand? And this woman, I like voluptuous women. You understand? This woman walked in. Now, don't tell my wife this shit. She was, you know, when I was, I was on the road. Shut up. But look, this woman walked in. She had the biggest breasts is. Anyone, no, they weren't breasts, they was bosoms. Wow, bosoms. the club. And two skinny women started hating on her. They was like, ugh, she's gonna have back problems. <laughs> back problems, girl? It made me mad. As if, okay? As if that make you feel better about your tiny, titty situation. Let me tell you something. This woman does have back problems. She's not gonna have no other problems. She's not gonna have financial problems, no. She's not going to have relationship problems. You're going to have all them problems. And, and if God is funny, you're going to have back problems too. That's right. That's right. From, from Carolyn Groceries. Nobody going to help you. <laughs> no, I love my wife. Never cheat. I go to the club. I'm, I'm messing up. I'll never cheat. Never cheat on my wife, man. Never. Not, not yet. It's been a year. <laughs> I ain't no fortune teller now, I'm just saying. But it's crazy because black men get a bad stereotype. They say that black men cheat, that we're not monogamous. That's messed up. Because I like to tell the truth when I do comedy, you understand? So I got to tell y'all the truth in here. And they took a survey and said that less than 5% of black men cheat during the course of a relationship, making us the least likely race. Finally, proof positive that black men do not Participate in surveys. Anybody ask me shit? Yes, look, thank you guys so much. Katie is it or Scott? Katie, thank you, Scott. Appreciate you guys. Keep it going for Scott, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Laugh Gallery Podcast. Please remember to like and share this episode with your friends on social media. Laugh Gallery is brought to you by Crew S Studio in Los Angeles, California. And our theme music was created by Dan Ubik, and that's me, at Dan U Productions. Special thanks to our partners at We Edit Podcasts, Polymash, Riverside, Captivate, and Burbank Podcast Recording Studio. 
Thanks again for listening to Laugh Gallery. <laughs>